Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird. This is soon to be Jake. Jake, what's up? How we doing? Doing all right, pal. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we're recording this a week before before my uh, my little vacation, but it's coming. I'm excited. At this point, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl being over, and I mean, hey, we'll get a little little bit of a break, and then before we know it, man, I mean, free agency is just is, is is right around the corner. It's three weeks away. Is it really? Yeah, and then March Madness is also three weeks away. Selection Sunday is going to be two weeks away after the Super Bowl. Jake, do 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 you do you smell that? Do you do you smell the bracket show? Yeah. That's a fun program. That is, that, is, that is a very fun program. That will be coming to you on the Basement Talk podcast. Um, so this is the fantasy show. We are going to be doing, uh, I, I guess this is kind of like the first, like, the first super dedicated 2024 show, unless uh, in terms of like us actually talking about players and things that we want to do for 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 2024 this is like the first one that we're doing so hi welcome um it is also february so tough but but before we get into uh, any 2024 discussion um adam and i have talked about some of the head coaching hires we're not talking about all of them the ones i don't think i talked about was was uh mike mcdonald and then dan quinn which we which we will talk about but I wanted to get Jake's thoughts on the head coaching hires and what they mean from a from a fantasy perspective. So Jake, let's just start out very simply. Uh, let's go to let's go to New England with Gerard Mayo. Obviously, it's very clear what the Patriots are probably looking to do, and that is go out and find their new starting quarterback. Jake, what's the confidence in Gerard Mayo being able to reestablish the Patriots? To, and yeah. I know it's it's cliche in saying you know to the way that they should be under that they were under Bill Belichick, but maybe being half of what they were with Bill Belichick, and maybe finding that starting quarterback that could lead them into the next generation. Yeah, I mean, if you want my honest opinion, I think all of the head coaching hires suck outside of Harbaugh sure. going to uh, the Chargers. I think that's really the most beneficial one, not only for fantasy. I think all these guys that got hired. I mean, the only one that I could maybe see make it is uh, Mike McDonald with the Seahawks, but even then I don't have that great of a deal of confidence in that. Uh, as far as Mayo and the Patriots go, like, look, who, who's playing quarterback for this team next year, right? Like you're going to draft, are you going to draft a quarterback at three and you're going to have a rookie quarterback trying to figure out how to be a quarterback in the NFL along with the head coach that's trying to be a head coach in the NFL and, and the offensive coordinator, I forgot who they hired. Was it somebody of, of any experience or was it some, I know Ben McAdoo's on the staff, which doesn't really, establish a whole lot of confidence but uh, uh the I, offensive coordinator for the patriots i know who i forget who they alex van pelt yes he was the qb coach the, for the browns yeah he was the core he was the coordinator for the browns last year and he got fired by kevin stefanski and who knows how much coaching he actually did with the browns last year i mean stefanski's one of the seven best coaches in the league as far as i'm concerned maybe Agreed. even one of the five best so yeah i don't know i don't have a ton of confidence over there they, they need a lot of work to be done i think both their tackles will be on other teams next year mm-hmm. with Michael and Wenu and Trent Brown. So they have two holes to fill there and they need all new receivers. They need t- a tight end. Cause Hunter Henry's a free agent at the end of the year. 
it's a lot of makeshift patchwork that needs to be done for me to have any established confidence for them in fantasy. I know that you are a big Jaden Daniels guy and we'll be getting yes. to our prospect reports um, by the end of March is when we'll, we'll, we'll be starting those up. Jake, if I said to you that at number three overall, the New England Patriots were drafting Jaden Daniels, would you be interested in him from a fantasy perspective? Yeah, well, because he has the rushing ability, but I, I hate that fit for him. I, I don't think that's not a spot for a rookie quarterback. I really, I think if I ran the Patriots, I would just take the, I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. at third overall and start there and, you know, go out there and get one of these veteran guys, like maybe even like a Minshew trade a day two pick for Justin Fields, like somebody that knows how to play the position and just kind of like establish things in year one where there's no expectations, but Daniel's going there. Yeah, maybe because he has the rushing upside in fantasy, but in terms of them doing anything and him being successful there, I, I hate the fit for him. Well, I mean, and, and, and the Jaden Daniels thing, what I, what I will say, I talked about this on a, on a, on a show earlier today um, for every, Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson, there is a Trey Lance. So, yeah. but they're always there. They are these guys. We talk about them every year. These guys are always worth the stab from a fantasy perspective. And if they don't work out, they don't work out. Touching on the Marvin Harrison thing very quickly, Jake, just a, a rough estimate. Marvin Harrison goes to go to the Patriots and is drafted by the Patriots. Number three overall. What would you expect? from him in year one in terms of a, in terms of a line. That's who the quarterback is though. Like say it's guard to Minshew. Oh, if it's Minshew, he'll get like 1100 yards and like six touchdowns. I think, I think, yeah. I, I think that's pretty fair. Minshew's proven that he can get the ball to his number one receiver everywhere he's gone for the most part. So I don't think that'd be terrible. Nuclear option. Say they stick in house with Zappy or Mac Jones. Oh, that would be awful. That'd be, I wouldn't draft. I mean, dynasty, it's a whole, it's a totally different story, but in terms of redraft, he would be off my draft board next year with Mac Jones or Zappy as the quarterback. If Marvin Harris, just one last thing before we go, before he, uh, before we move on to uh, talking about the Raiders very quickly. Um, if Marvin Harrison gets drafted by the New England Patriots, could that move the needle in terms of who the one-on-one is in non-super flex dynasty rookie drafts? No, I really don't think so. I think I would still take Marvin number one. You'd have to trust long term. I would still have trust. Okay. Uh, the Raiders that did the right thing. They hired Antonio Pierce, Jake one to ten. How do we like the hire? Just shit hire. I I, I just disagree. It's I complete just disagree. Shit. They 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 gave into the players. I mean, they almost had no choice. Uh, you know, if I were the Raiders and Jim Harbaugh really wanted to go to that franchise and he interviewed there, I would have said, "Look, we can get rid of whoever." if they don't want to be here and play for him. I mean, that's embarrassing. And, you know, no discredit to Antonio Pierce. I mean, they didn't even keep the GM that he was working with in Champ Kelly. How much confidence they really have in Antonio Pierce to get the job done. They didn't even keep the guy that was working with them. They bring in Tom Telesco. And I don't know. It just feels like to me they kind of half-assed this whole thing because if they really were committed to Antonio Pierce, they would have kept his guy in the building. And to me, it's like they wanted to go in a different direction, but were afraid of the players revolting and kind of having egg on their face after the whole Rick Bisaccia thing that they had no choice but to bring Antonio Pierce back. But if, if Harbaugh really wanted the job, man, that is ho- horrific business that the Raiders conducted. As far as we as far as we know, you know, if Harbaugh wanted that job and, and Harbaugh was turned down by the Raiders, then, yeah, 
then that would be very bad. But we don't we don't know of that. I still would have hired one of these offensive coaches, though. Like I would have hired. I mean, Ben Johnson. I mean, I don't know how that guy doesn't have a job. Um, Apparently, he did not interview that well. That's no, the, well, he didn't want the, the, he, the, the commanders were going to hire him, dude. He, he, dude, Ben Johnson's smart. He's looking at all the, the openings that are open right now. And he realizes these are all bottom of the barrel franchises also and true. says, look, I'm going to make more money being a coordinator next year. I'm going to get a raise and then I'm going to get a real job, um, you know, when I want, because I'll always be in demand. So, you know, but still, even, even if they didn't hire Ben Johnson, like there was Todd Munkin that was out there. There was uh uh who's the guy Bobby Slowick from the tight uh, Texans. He yep. was a quality candidate. There were other candidates. I just think that not hiring offensive coaches in 2024 is so counterproductive. Sure. Sure, especially when you're when you're looking to potentially draft the next uh franchise quarterback. But if it's true that the Raiders are gonna ride with Aiden O'Connell, then Oh, that's awful. <laughs> I would be so pissed if I were a Raider fan. I'd be more pissed if I was a Raider fan than a Falcon fan. Well, we'll talk the about case. the Falcons in a minute. We'll talk about oh, the Falcons. They're in an a embarrassment. Uh, Brian Callahan with the with the Tennessee Titans. Jake, is this good news for Will Levis and yes. Trey Burks? I like that one. I forgot about Callahan. They may not be good any good next year, but I believe in Callahan long term. And the staff he's putting together is definitely formidable. So I I have faith in the Titans. I don't know about Will Levis being a franchise quarterback, um, but. Long term, I think that franchise will figure it out. Where are we at with Ty J Spears? Depends. Depends what else they do. I mean, if he's going to be the guy next year, I'm definitely interested. As like, if you're telling me it's Ty J Spears and nobody else, I don't know how that guy can get past the middle of the third round in fantasy drafts next year. If he's the guy by himself and they, they don't, you know, sign a, a Tony Pollard or uh, an Austin Eckler or any of these running backs are going to be available in the free agent market. Yeah, it's it's really, really hard for me to see how Ty J Spears could go any later than round four to me. Yeah. Um he's gonna be awesome if that's the case. Is Traylon Burks a good buy right now in Dynasty? He's one he's one of my favorite buys right now just because of how relatively inexpensive he is. And it's super low risk. Yeah, he's definitely cheap. I mean, why not, right? Like yeah. I wouldn't do anything more than like a mid second round pick for the guy. Yeah. That's that the most I'd pay for him is like the two seven, two eight. Yeah, like that's fine. But anything before anything higher than that, I think is kind of an overpay for a guy that very well could just stink. All right, Jake, let's hear it. Jim Harbaugh with the Chargers. Amazing. Chargers. Chargers are the best bet to come out of the AFC next year in terms of value. They're gonna be amazing next year. How how shitty do you think Vic Fangio feels that two thirds of the of the 49ers band is reunited in Los Angeles with Jim Harbaugh there and then Greg Roman signing on to be the offensive coordinator? And you already know that Vic Fangio would have been available. He would have been the defensive coordinator there. Well, Fangio was. He wanted to be closer to the grandkids in Philadelphia. So True. Think, okay, true. Yeah, that definitely played a part. But um, but look, I, I don't I mean Harbaugh brought over Minter from Yes, he did. Uh, Michigan. So that yep. that was a quality hire. I mean, dude, Jim very Harbaugh, highly regarded at Michigan too. Yeah, Jim Jim Harbaugh is one of those guys where no matter where he goes, that team is going to get better as soon as he steps yeah. in the door. Um, yep. just an amazing day for the Chargers. Uh, I'm really happy for their fans that have dealt with a lot of crap with the Spanos family, just mm-hmm. being cheap and not really prioritizing winning. So that team, Herbert, next year. Uh, I don't think Austin Eckler will be back, but Keenan Allen sounds like he'll be back in the fold. I think Keenan Allen is a massive buy. And if they draft Brock Bowers with the fifth overall pick, 
How, how is he not the one, two in dynasty redrafts, uh, dynasty drafts next year? I think the only other candidate that could maybe it depends on where Malik neighbors goes, but after that, it's gotta be Bowers one, three. Yeah. So, and you, and we've seen Jim Harbaugh with tight ends. Mm-hmm. Vernon Davis comes to mind. Yep. You know, at Michigan, yep. Jake, Butt. yeah, there's something about the chargers that I don't know if it's going to happen exactly for them. Translate to direct results in 2024. Oh, they're going to be great. 2025 when they have, they clear the deck. Yeah. I'm I think there's you, they're possibility gonna, as well that Mike Williams is also gone there too next yeah. year. And if that's the case and, you know, Keenan Allen, <laughs> Keenan Allen can be really, really good again. And anything, anything from the Chargers that you can get there is just, just fantastic. Uh, the Carolina Panthers with Dave Canales. I like that one. I do. Yeah, I don't hate it. I like that one. I mean, you have to think about it for the Panthers. Uh, honestly, I'm surprised Canales even wanted the job. It sounded like he had a ton of interviews lined up. And I, I get it from his perspective. Another great year from Baker Mayfield. Like, it's it's kind of tough to bank on. I think his stock was pretty high right now. Might be the highest it'll ever be. And um, if that was the only job he can get, I don't blame him. And if you're the Panthers, I think you could have done a whole lot worse because I don't know how you could have sold that job to anybody with with real options. And I think Canales may have had some real options. So, uh, so. as ter- as far as Bryce Young goes, it, it, it was starting to look a little bit better for Bryce Young at, at the end of his rookie year. Very slowly. I don't like him. I mean, I know we went over this in the pre-draft process, and I kind of mm-hmm. said last year, like, I think he just stinks. But could he have like a like a 28 and 16 type year next year? Maybe. I mean, that would be a pretty sizable jump, but I think even like 23 to 26 touchdowns and you cut the interceptions in half of that and that you kind of have a 50, 50 ratio. You have to live with that. I mean, to expect this guy to just burst onto the scene next year after what we saw his rookie year is a little unrealistic. There are two things that Carolina Panthers have to do to do this offseason to get Bryce Young back on track. Number one, build an offensive line in front of him. Number two, get him pass catchers. Simple. It's going to be very hard. They don't have a first-round pick. Yeah, it's going it's to be very, very hard to do it, but they, they have to prioritize it. Otherwise, you know, is is Dave Canales going to last to potentially pick another, another quarterback? That is definitely a question that uh, has to be asked if he cannot figure out the Bryce Young situation. All right, let's go to Atlanta with Raheem Morris and in his uh, press conference for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he talked about two guys, B. John Robinson and Drake London. Love, love, love that. Dude, if, if I'm an Atlanta Falcon fan, man, if I was interviewing Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Jim Harbaugh, and my team hired Raheem Morris, I would be... <laughs> beside myself but yeah i mean look look, that was great that he talked about those guys but who's playing quarterback that's a that's a hell of a question it's like who you know what difference is going to make if you know i mean i think Bijan will be great next year i do i think Bijan will be fine no matter who the quarterback is but as far as drake london goes i'm sorry but like who who's going to be the guy next year is it going to be desmond ritter again because if that's the case i'm not at all interested please god no there may be a dude. Let me let me let me hear what you think about this. Sure. Tell me if you think it's crazy. All right. JJ McCarthy, eighth overall to the Atlanta Falcons. So I just want to preface it by saying that I am not a JJ McCarthy guy, and that has nothing to do with the fact that he played for that team up north. Has nothing to do with it. I'm the not a JJ McCarthy guy. 
But if you said to me that, that is what the Falcons do, maybe not exactly J.J. McCarthy, but they go and they draft a younger quarterback and they maybe reach on a younger quarterback necessarily. Like if they were to go with one of J.J., um, Michael Panix or Bo Nix and reach for one of those guys, I'm kind of okay with it. Because they really don't have a lot of needs anywhere else on that football team. Maybe defensively in the front seven, they could beef up there, depending on what happens with Calais Campbell. Maybe that's something that they do. But outside of that, this is a, it's a really, really good football team that just does not have the quarterback play. And how do you solve that? Well, you, you take one and then you draft, uh, you draft or you sign, excuse me, a, a veteran guy. That could serve as your bridge to get to that younger guy that may not be ready to play on day one. Yeah, uh, and I've heard from people in Vegas um, that are at the Super Bowl right now that the talk of the Super Bowl, a lot of it has consisted of a lot of more, a lot more people are higher on JJ McCarthy than they are Michael Penix or Bo Nix. Uh, and I've heard the same. So I've heard the same. Atlanta, I'm looking at dude. I think McCarthy is gonna look. I I don't love McCarthy either. As a pro prospect, I think he needs a ton of work. I me also too. think, though, let, let me just say this, too. All mm -hmm. right. Like, it's a little unfair to critique J.J. McCarthy when he's 22 years old, I think, 21 or 22. Uh, and, 22. Michael, and Michael Penix is going to be 25 when he's a rookie. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And Bo Nix is going to be 25 when he's a rookie. I mean, if you let J.J. McCarthy play three more years of college football, <laughs> you see, he's going to be putting up monster numbers too. And he had good stats at Michigan. Yeah. So I think when he gets in front of the combine and has the Michigan pro day, he's going to absolutely wow teams throwing in shorts. Cause just as a pure thrower of the football, I think he's all there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just in terms of decision-making pocket presence, kind of making the simple throws look simple. Um, honestly, kind of reminds me a lot of Zach Wilson when he came out of BYU, but um, yeah, I think though, in terms of the underwear Olympics and the pro day, I think he's going to look really good for these teams. Watching as much, uh, Michigan football as I have the offense, which is very bland and watered down for him and very, very, very simple. And how does that translate to a pro style offense? We'll have to wait and see. And, and what Jake said is right on the money on, on what I've heard and, Honestly, what I think is probably going to end up happening because of how much Jim Harbaugh is also talking, talking him up. And I mean, let's face it, too, that the word of Jim Harbaugh is going to carry some weight for sure. And I'm sure that he's going to have teams that are going to be uh, calling him and looking to get the uh, get the 411 on, on, on JJ. I'm sure that that is probably going to happen at some point. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the the two hires that I don't think Adam and I talked about. Uh, so the first one, Mike McDonald signing or being hired by the Seattle Seahawks, now the youngest head coach in the National Football League. Jake, all I need to hear is that he's the former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens, and that's just a guy that I think immediately is going to have head coaching merit just because of what the Ravens do with their with their coaches and people on their staff. They they just are bright, bright, bright football people. And I think Mike McDonald's gonna be it's gonna be a huge smash hire for for Seattle, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh I think the coaching staff is also huge. 
Uh, who's going to be the quarterback next year? I guess Geno or a rookie. It just seems like a very directionless franchise to me right now. I don't know if you agree. Like They're stuck their, in the middle. They're very stuck in the middle. They have a lot of aging veterans. They have some exciting young players. They have a def- it, It's just very tough for me to get excited about a defensive coach in a league where it, I'm sorry, it's about offense and having all the advantages you can as an offense. I don't know. Like, name me, like, who's a defensive coach right now that's really having smashing success? Like, Sean McDermott in Buffalo has, you know, he's on borrowed time over there. They can't beat the Chiefs. Nope. Mike Tomlin gets absolutely smoked in the playoffs every mm -hmm. single year. Mike Grable's out of a job. Bill Belichick's out of a job. Todd Bowles overachieved. Todd Bowles overachieved, but let's be honest. In in the NFC uh, South, like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, is Todd Bowles, are the Bucs really making the playoffs in any other division in the NFL? The only defensive coach that, that is having a good time right now is D'Amico Ryans. It's D'Amico Ryans, but he just so happened to get that guy, C.J. Stroud. And that, that there's always outliers in everything. But Absolutely. like, you, yeah. you gave me, but that, that's what we're saying here is like, there's one coach out of 32 teams that's really having a great time as a defensive coach right now and is really producing, uh, you know, really encouraging success. So, you see what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Absolutely right. I mean, hey, Tobiko Ryan's got really, really, really lucky, but he's I think he's also a really good coach. Too. And they got a win, too. And I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, now it looks great, but in four years, you know, the the uh, the Texans look like the Bills, and they can't just beat the Chiefs or the Bengals or whoever, and they're not getting to the Super Bowl because that team should be winning Super Bowls with C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. Then he's going to be out of a job, too. Yeah, it's true. No, it is true. And then finally, the Commanders with Dan Quinn. I think it's a fine hire. It's a black hire, but it's a fine hire. The only positive that I can say about Dan Quinn is he knows how to put together a coaching staff. He did it in Atlanta. He put together a really good staff. And then once they all got poached by other teams, we saw him fall on his face. It looks like now he's doing the same thing. I really like the Cliff Kingsbury hire a lot. I think that's a really good guy. I mean, I think if you're the Commanders, you really got to – Explore getting up to number one and seeing what it would take with Chicago to to make the, the the switch from number one to number two. Because if you can have Kingsbury and Caleb Williams, that's an exciting foundation for your franchise. So, um, yeah, uh, I think Ben Johnson definitely would have been a better hire, but I think Ben just looked at the Commanders being like, nah, like this isn't the job for me. Sure, sure. I don't think I don't think that's uh, that is unrealistic of a of a possibility if we are if we're being uh real with ourselves. All right, so let's go into the 2024 discussions. We're going to be talking about guys that we are just going to be going out of our way and drafting for 2024. I'm going to try and keep and keep it to you know I'm not going to go out and say oh yeah the guy that I want to be going out and drafting Josh Allen like no 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 I I do not want to be uh, Captain Obvious. That's not something that I want to do. So you will keep it. We'll keep it pretty much all the under the radar names. Like, for example, the guy that I want to be going out and drafting everywhere uh, from the quarterback spot. For me, it's Anthony Richardson. That that is a guy that I want to be going out and doing whatever the hell it takes to to land him. Very limited sample size in in twenty twenty three before Anthony Richardson uh, was done for the season. But I mean, man, even in the four in the four games that he played. He was absolutely awesome, had 10 carries in two of those games, 
And in those finishes where he had those 10 carries, he finishes the QB four and the QB two. The guy is just, he is an unbelievable dual threat quarterback. And we say it all the time, guys that can run and then do it with their arms too. That's a guy that you end up wanting in fantasy. And look at the supporting cast that the Colts have as well. Uh, Michael Pittman's a star in this league. If they can get them, if they can get themselves a, a tight end outside of Kylan Granson and Mo Alley Cox, and then get themselves maybe a third receiver to go along with Michael Pittman and Josh Downs. I'm not a believer in Alec Pierce. I think I think that that's just done. And then, of course, with you know what Jonathan Taylor can contribute as well. I think all of the pieces are there for the Indianapolis Colts to potentially make a run at this in 2024 led by their young guy anthony Richardson, but he has to learn how to fucking slide yep i was gonna say richardson i think that's a great shout um i kind of talked about herbert earlier and i think herbert his adp is probably going to be out of the range where i want to take a quarterback but so i'm gonna i'm gonna go with caleb williams do you want before you go into, on caleb where do you think justin herbert is ranked in the adp right now probably has like a mid to late fifth round grade if i had to guess he's going in the ninth round yeah but like dude i talk about it all the time with you and like whenever we do these things mm-hmm. like around this time of year i'm like that doesn't like show me the adp in august and i guarantee sure. you it's going to be a, a solid three rounds of ike after you get yeah after you see him in, in training camp with with harbaugh and and brock bowers especially yeah he's he's going to be skyrocketing He's the QB 10 right now on yeah. fantasy pros. That doesn't mean any, it means little to me right now. Joe Burrow is the QB nine. Yeah. Like, okay. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert is QB nine and QB 10. Yeah. Not happening. Sign me up. Sign me up and, for that. But Caleb but Williams, I, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say Caleb Williams. I think Caleb Williams is going to have a lot of early success in the NFL. Um, whether he goes to Chicago or, or the commanders, you look at both coordinators, Shane Waldron, in uh, Chicago now, I mean, look at the job he did with Geno Smith and making Geno Smith into a above average NFL starter for two years was nothing short of amazing. And I also really like the offense that they ran in Seattle. I thought it was innovative and, you know, it just seemed like guys were schemed open and everything was pretty easy for the most part. And, you know, as, as far as coaching goes, because, you know, players do have to play and execute. So Waldron definitely has success with quarterbacks. And then you look at, uh, the commanders with Cliff Kingsbury, uh, who has obvious ties to Caleb Williams from his days at USC. So um, I think Williams in both on both teams is going to put up numbers. And we talk about it all the time. Guys who can move a little bit uh, are definitely get an uptick in fantasy. And I don't think his ADP is going to be anything crazy next year either, um, because we, we never really see the rookie quarterbacks, uh, you know, have have ceiling high. ADPs. It's always something around the range where we start looking at quarterbacks. And I think if you can get Caleb Williams on your club and you can draft kind of like a security blanket quarterback, like, I don't know, like maybe Aaron Rodgers, like late in the draft, somebody, you know, that you can, that you can start in case this whole thing wasn't working out. I I think you could do a whole lot worse when it comes to, because I'm not drafting a quarterback early next year. I'm going to take one of these guys and and try to hit. And then if that doesn't work, yep. Just patch it all together. So you think Caleb Williams is going to go number one overall to Chicago? Chicago or or Washington, but Washington okay. would have to trade up. Unless Caleb says I'm not playing for Chicago, which, you know, could, could, could happen. Could, could happen. happen. Realistically, where do you think he's going? Give me give me a spot. Ch- Chicago. I mean, it's got to okay. be the odds-on favorite. That other so stuff Cal- is you can't predict. So Caleb Williams or Jordan Love? I would take Caleb. I would take Caleb, too. Close. Caleb- Close, but yeah. 
Caleb or Tua? That's also close. I would probably go Tua. I would go Tua as well. I yeah. would go Tua as well. Close. Caleb close. or Jared Goff? I would go Caleb. I would go Caleb too. Caleb or Brock Purdy? I would go Caleb. I would go Purdy. Close. And yeah. Kyler or Caleb? I would go Kyler. I would go Kyler too. So he's basically for you, he's basically a lower end QB1. Yep, with a very high ceiling. Absolutely. I think in in keeper leagues, he's a great guy to go and target in double double digit rounds. And in Dynasty Jake, I mean, I haven't done I haven't done really any strict uh dynasty ranks as of well, rookie ranks, I should say, as of yet. But I would imagine I mean super flex, we know what the deal is. That 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 that's your one one right there. But in non-superflex, where where would you think Caleb's gonna go? Probably around one seven, one eight ish. Middle of the first round, yeah. Okay, okay. Because I know I'm just thinking to my to myself, you know, with my uh my rebuilding team that I got with one hundred one, one five, one six. Caleb could be a play there, and I could see about shopping Joe Burrow, or I just ride it with Burrow, Caleb. And Will Levis as my three quarterbacks, and just and just let it rock. Good. If if of course I don't get I don't get Bowers. I mean, if Bowers is somehow there, and 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 Caleb is on the board as well, then that's a that's a tricky, it's a tricky little situation. And if you know, if say I don't know, say Braylon Allen goes to goes to Dallas, you know, what does that then do for Braylon Allen? Does Braylon Allen then enter in the conversation? as a mid to late first round pick in, in, in rookie drafts. Yeah. I'm not even going to sit here and entertain rookie drafts for the most part. Cause it's a waste of time. I mean, Caleb, like the first three picks. Okay. I understand, but like, you know, guy, you see what I'm saying here? Like guys drafted at the first round. Like we have no idea where they're going and that that's everything. Sure. Sure. All right. So the running back position, Jake, what do you got? Who's the guy that you are looking to draft everywhere next year? Yeah, I mean, obviously a ton of free agents this year. Yeah. It, there's going to be a lot of moving chairs um, as far as the running back position goes. But a guy that I'm going to draft next year, bearing that there's no additions to the running back room, it's James Cook out of Buffalo. I loved what Joe he Brady did. Mine. Yep, I loved what Joe Brady did when he took over as the offensive coordinator. I thought it was a complete sham that Buffalo was interviewing people for the job. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, I think Joe Brady will be a head coach next year. In the NFL, after another really good year with Josh Allen, I don't think it'll be enough to beat the Chiefs because why would I think that Buffalo will beat Kansas City in the playoffs when they never do? Uh, but I think that offense will have another really good year next year. And, yeah, I I am definitely interested in what James Cook can do in a full season with Joe Brady because once he took over, it, it, he was off and running. Uh, he was, I mean, James Cook was unbelievable. He basically you know, was the Buffalo Bills offense him and Josh Allen towards towards the end of the season after jo- after Joe Brady was hired. I mean, his finishes just to end the year in full in full point PPR, uh, starting from week eleven, week ten. Uh, he was the RB ten, RB twelve, RB three, RB two, and then pulled off towards the end of the season. RB forty eight, RB forty nine, RB thirty one. Let's play America's favorite game: James Cook or Isaiah Pacheco. Hmm. I would say. Pacheco, but uh, close. I would say Pacheco. Yeah, close. Close. Cook or Kenneth Walker. 
Cook. Yep. Cook. C- Cook or Brees Hall. Hall, 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 Hall. Hall is my RB2. Really? Yeah. Cook. Okay, wow. So I was way off there. Cook or Joe Mixon? Cook. Cook. Cook, like no hesitation? No hesitation. I'll give you one more. Cook or Devon A. Chan? That 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 that's the one I have back to back in my in my uh, in my rank so far. Very preliminary, but it, it's a chan for now. For now, I think that's a key word there. For now, it it is it is a chan. I mean, a chan his his ceiling. If you're telling me that maybe they do something with Raheem Mostert, a chan will be a top five guy. But if they do something with Mostert and then they draft someone and they bring somebody else in, he could fall to be around like fifteen. Like what if his... they sign? What if they sign Saquon Barkley? Oh, oh, it's tough to get excited. No, 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 no. That would just that'd be a backbreaker. It, yeah. it, it would it would be a backbreaker. I mean, I wouldn't. If they signed Barkley, I could not imagine a Chan being anywhere near my top fifteen. He'd probably be in and around twenty. Okay, which which is horrifying, horrifying to to even admit because you know a Chan. God, if you have in a, in a keeper league or in a, in, a, in a dynasty league, my God, that's like a golden ticket right there. Uh, the guy that I am going to be going out of my way for, granted, this is in February. We don't know what moves they've made yet, so take that with a grain of salt. But we saw at the end of the season what Ty Chandler did for the Minnesota Vikings, and here I am going back and, and you know, cheating up someone on the, on, on the Minnesota Vikings. But uh, towards the end of the year, Ty Chandler, he looked – Pretty good. Did not really blow your doors off outside of one game against Cincinnati Bengals. But outside of that, did get a nice little haul there. Did get a bit of a run. But the question is going to be, who else are they going to bring in? Do they run it back with Alexander Madison? Do they draft somebody? Do they sign somebody? And what's going to be a very healthy running back market with Derrick Henry, with Tony Pollard, with Saquon Barkley with Austin Eckler. There are plenty of guys out there that the Minnesota Vikings could bring in. I'll be curious to see who they who they do bring in, if they do bring in anybody at all. But for right now, Ty Chandler, who's basically free, I would take the chance on that guy because, I mean, let's just face it, I think Ty Chandler in the small sample size that we saw from him looked way better than Alexander Madison did all season long. Yeah, good God. But I think they're going to bring somebody in, though. I do, too. I do too, but for right for right now in February, if you're doing if you're doing best ball or any or anything of that nature, I think Ty Chandler is a, a great, great, great pick right now. Yes. So for the wide receivers, uh, I mean, there's one guy for me that I am just all in on. Give me him every single day right now and twice on Sunday. A uh, rookie who lit the world on fire, then unfortunately went down with the season-ending injury. That's Tank Dell of the Houston Texans right now in the fantasy pros ECR. He is the wide receiver 25. I have him as my wide receiver 22. What else did, what do you need me to say? This is a young, exciting up and coming Texans offense that can potentially get even better in 2024 with whomever they bring in at the running back position improvements they can make on the offensive line. CJ Stroud being a year into his career, being a little better, a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser. Um, Dalton Schultz will be back there next year. Neil Collins will be back there next year. There are so many pieces in this Houston Texans offense. And people will say to me, well, but, but, but Bert, there's so many pieces there. Yeah. And my, my counter to you, 
Look at where Devontae Smith was this year. Look at where A.J. Brown was this year. Look at what Dallas Goddard was able to do this year. Philadelphia Eagles have the same amount of, par of parts of that offense, and everybody goes crazy for them every single year. This could be a very similar situation to that where the Houston Texans, this, is, this could be a goldmine of a fantasy offense in 2024, and I'll do whatever the hell is required to go and draft Tank Dell. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good shout. I definitely thought about him. I was going to say Garrett Wilson, but that's a little boring. Um, but something tells me that this might be it for Garrett Wilson. Like, we were supposed to get it this year. We were robbed of it. Um, but I'm going to go with another Ohio State receiver. I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and Jigba next nice. year. I think, he, nice. I think it's going to be a big uh, breakout year for, for JSN. I'm not sure what the future holds for Tyler Lockett. We even saw at the end of last year that it was starting to become DK Metcalf and JSN. I think JSN is just too talented of a player to be denied fantasy production. And I don't know what the ADP will look like for JSN by the time we hit August, but something tells me I will be a lot higher on him than the consensus. So that's always appealing. And yeah, I, I think I could see myself having a good amount of shares of JSN this year. Uh, drafting him as like my flex with upside. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in on that. Too talented of a player not to produce, in my opinion. So the, the ECR right now has Jackson Smith and Jigba at 33, which is not bad. Yeah, I think I could see him. I could see him being ranked inside my top 30. I can too. Year. I can too. I could definitely see it. I mean, especially if, if Tyler Lockett is not back there next year. And, and you want me to give you an honorable mention? Sure, go ahead. Khalil Shakir. Nice. Keep an eye on him. Yep. If Gabe Davis is a free agent and he's walking, you know who the number one receiver was for the Bills when Joe Brady took over? It was not Stefan Diggs. It was Khalil Shakir. It was. Indeed, it was. It was. And and and, and I don't know. He don't might be doubt. pretty free for the most part. So right now, Shakir in the ranks, the ECR, he is at wide receiver 72. I have him as my wide receiver 66. He's free. I, he's free. I, like, why not? Jake, are you, are, is he a dynasty buy right now? Yes. I'm going to try and get him for, for the cheap. Better buy Shakir or Burks? I think it's Shakir and Buffalo's offense. And G Gabe's probably not going to be back there next year either. I mean, they no. could draft the first round rookie receiver, they but could. I still think even if Shakir is there, he could still put up numbers. Dude, I don't know. Like, what? How do you feel about Stefan Diggs this year going back to Buffalo? Like, I'm, I'm kind of like done with Diggs in fantasy. I'm kind of done with it, but it's easy for me to say without without being in a draft and seeing where he's going. Like, I feel like. If he's sitting there at the back end of round two, I would just feel like, how can you not? That's the exception. But like the days of the back end of the first round and the no. early second round, I'm no. I'm done with that. No, I can't do it. I mean, let's just see where I have him in my overalls so that I could tell you. So Diggs, it, Diggs in my overalls, I have him at. Okay. Yeah, I have him in the third round. I have him at 23. It's just like he he really burnt a lot of fantasy managers last year. Yeah, no, he did, especially towards the end of the season when fantasy managers really needed him. He 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 did not turn up, and he Shakir did, not did. Up at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you right now. I mean, I would rather Garrett Wilson over Diggs. Hell, I'll even double down. I'd rather Garrett Wilson next year right now over the likes of Debo, Nico Collins, 
Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs. I think that's selling him a little short. I don't know if I'd rather have him over Ayuk. I don't know. I would take Garrett. I don't know. I would take Garrett. It, just I, by I, himself, assuming there's like no other substantial additions, I would take him. Sure. Sure. I would rather have Michael Pittman over Garrett. I don't know about that with Richardson at quarterback. Garrett or Devontae Adams, I'm not sure. I lean Garrett. Yeah. I lean Garrett there. Puka? I'd rather Puka. I don't know about that. For I now. think Cooper Cup was very hurt at the end of the year. Probably. Something tells me. Probably. Yeah. I would ra- I would rather have Garrett over DJ Moore. Yeah. I think I would too. Like I, then, I would take I would take the only guys I would take over Garrett would be C D, Tyree yep. Kill, Justin yep. Jefferson, um, Jamar Chase, yep, AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. And then uh oh, Ross St. Brown, yep, yep, I would take him. And yep. then outside and then, of that, I think it's Garrett. And then there we are. Then that that's your top six wide receivers right now that you just named, and then Puka's your wide receiver seven in the ECR. Yeah, I would take Garrett. I think I would go Garrett, then yeah, I, I have Garrett for what it's worth. I have Garrett as my wide receiver 10. Yeah, you could see it. I mean, if you see Rodgers in training camp and then just the, I mean, like say the Jets don't really do anything at receiver, it's going to go and, up. And you know how it works. It, it, this happened last year. Yeah. Rodgers plays one one preseason drive and it's a touchdown to Garrett Wilson and his ADP goes through the roof. I mean, look, it's not his fault why he he didn't produce that ADP. Like, you know, no, it's not. Like, we we were robbed. Uh, and dude, honestly, was he really that bad last no. year? No, like he, he was, wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't a first or second round receiver, but was he a solid third round receiver? Absolutely. In PPR, yeah. in PPR, yeah. He yeah, wasn't oh, Drake yeah. London. I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> No, I mean in in full point PPR. How could you complain about a guy that had ninety five catches over a thousand yards? Sure, you could say the three touchdowns were were a bit alarming, but yeah, well they didn't score look touchdowns. At the, look at the Jets' <laughs> offense. Who 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 was scoring touchdowns? You know, willy willy nilly on the Jets. Yeah, they they went in the solid two months without scoring touchdowns. Exactly, exactly. There is a massive positive re- uh, regression coming for Garrett Wilson in terms of in terms of the touchdowns. Uh, I could see him minimum. Eight nine touchdowns next year. I yeah, mean, I haven't done a single ounce of projections yet. Um, well, yeah, give that like a solid. Th- after the draft is when you can really start. Yeah, yeah, the- yeah, yeah. That's not happening until May, if not June. That's when I'll get the project the projections going. But yeah, I could definitely see my projections coming out and Garrett Wilson being in that eight touchdown uh, range without a doubt. And then the tight ends. Or did, did you give your uh, wide receiver, Jake? Yeah, I did. I gave you about three of them. <laughs> oh, you gave you about three of them. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's how we got in the Garrett Wilson conversation. Okay, good. Uh, the tight ends. I mean, this is a it's a weird one because I think I feel like for the first time in a long time we have tight ends that are really, really, really cooking. Uh, I'll give one that's off that's not really a guy that we're gonna be talking about all that much. Uh, I'll give a special mention to TJ Hawkinson. If you're okay with him sitting out the first month of the season and then working his way back, if Kirk Cousins is back in Minnesota. TJ Hawkinson is absolutely worth the stab if you can hold on to if you can hold on and just go, you know, one and three, two and two over the first you know, first month or so. I won't particularly be in that business because I need guys that are willing to that are just ready to go right away. That's kind of what I'm gonna be into this year. If anybody is suspended or hurt going into the season, I'm just not gonna be drafting those guys. But if you are into that, 
TJ Hawkinson would be, would be your guy. But the guy that I'm going to go for, I'm going to go with Tucker Craft, Green Bay Packers. I, was, I said it all season long. I think Tucker Craft is better than Luke Musgrave. When Luke Musgrave was out, Tucker Craft played really, really well. And I think he's going to make a case to be the number one tight end for the Green Bay Packers next year. They're going to run a lot of two tight end sets that might hurt Tucker Craft a little bit. But for a guy that, you know, when you look at the tight end pool right now with maybe 13, 14 tight ends that are absolutely draftable, Tucker Craft might go for absolutely nothing and could enter the fringe tight end one conversation. And that is a guy that can absolutely return value for you and your fantasy teams next year. Yeah. Well, I was going to say Brock Bowers, but I've talked to, I'm going to talk about Brock Bowers about 35,000 times before this start. You of the and season. I both. Um, but I both. I, I'm going to go with Michael Mayer of the Raiders. I, nice. I, I like what we saw in spurts of him last year. I think ne- it's tough for r- last year was a little bit of an anomaly for rookie tight ends. We don't normally see that type of production from rookie tight ends. I think Mayer with the, with the year under his belt, a full training camp with the stable offense, Maybe a little bit better quarterback play. I really hope Aiden O'Connell is not the quarterback there. Um, but look, I i mean, I honestly think the Raiders are going to be the team that goes to get Justin Fields and reunite him with Luke Getze. Possible. That's definitely possible. Yeah. So I, I think better days are ahead for Michael Mayer. And I don't know what the, what the ECR is saying on him right now, but something tells me when we get closer to draft time, you're not going to be spending premium capital on Michael Mayer. And he's a great tight end too with, with upside to be a fringe tight end one at the, the worst case scenario. So Michael Mayer right now in the ECR, he is the tight end 17, one spot below the guy we just talked about, Tucker Kraft. Yeah. So. So I mean, let's just talk about Bowers very quickly and not go too deep on it uh jake let's say brock bowers with the Chargers next year brock bowers or trey mcbride bowers i would go mcbride i would go mcbride but close bowers or mark andrews mm-hmm. still go andrews i would still go and i would still go andrews too i would still go andrews too but that is Close. It's it's definitely close. Uh, Bowers or Evan Ingram? If if Calvin Ridley is no longer Bowers, I would go Bowers too. And uh, Travis Kelsey or Bowers? I would still take Kelsey. I'm not that. I'm not getting that risky. I would go Kelsey too. I would Kelsey too. Where 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 are you taking Kelsey? ECR ADP be damned. Where are you comfortable taking third round? Third Third round. Yep. I would be comfortable taking him in the top of the third. Yep. That would be third. Top of the third. Both these guys are there. Kelsey or Diggs. Who are you taking? I think I would take Kelsey. I would take Kelsey too. I think I would. I would take Kelsey. One more year. Unless unless him and and Taylor break up. Then I want no part of that. Well, he might retire. (laughs) I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, he might retire if they win the Super Bowl. He might. Listen, he might. It's not out of the, it's not out of the question. Or, or what about Kyle Pitts? No, he he's going to absolutely explode next year. <laughs> Mark my words, Kyle Pitts is going to be he's going to be everything we thought he was. Mark my words, because we I don't have him. I, listen, I hope he does, and I will. I will have one share of Kyle Pitts next year. None of any shares this previous year. I picked him up on waivers in a couple spots, but I did not draft him anywhere. This will be the year where I have Kyle Pitts somewhere, just because of how, of how cheap he is. Sure, why not? I'll take the. I'll I think. Take the I chance. think I. I might. I might too. Depends how cheap it is. 
It yeah, it it just depends on how cheap it is. That's yeah. it. It really does. It do, just absolutely depends on how cheap it is. If you're telling me that Kyle Pitts at the end of the day is going to be, uh, we're talking about him double digit rounds. Sure. 12th, 13th round. Sure. Sure. Okay. We're cool. You're telling me nine, 10. That gets a little dicey. Yeah. That gets, that gets a little, a little dicey. Well, that is going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Thank you so much for listening. Jake and I will be back next week to talk about the guys that we are not going to be drafting in 2024. If you like what you heard, leave a five-star review. Tell us how much you love the program. For Jake, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.